You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Lauren Edmonds, a history teacher based in Oregon. Growing up in Oklahoma, Lauren had an active imagination and loved spending time outdoors, especially on her grandparents' farm where she could drift off and pretend she was back in pioneer times. Lauren was captivated by the world of AG and her growing collection of historic dolls, which included Kirsten, her favorite. We are so excited to chat with her today about all things AG. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you, and we are so honored that another listener has reached out to us, and we're able to share and discuss some AGW memories. Right? I love that we've been having so many listener guests lately, because it really reminds me of the spirit of American Girl in general, like the magazine especially. It was so many letters, stories, art and community. so many other things. Yeah, yeah. So community driven. And I feel like that's what we're beginning to create with AGW. And it's just so exciting and wonderful to connect with our listeners and hear more about their AG experiences. Absolutely. And just a shameless plug for any of our other listeners that want to share their stories, please feel free to send them to americangirlwomen at gmail.com. We love when you DM us on Instagram too, but we love getting those like long form um, memories via email just really gets to gets us to be able to share in your experiences. Totally. Uh, Well, Lauren, before we get into all things AG, would you please tell us what you were like growing up? Yes. So I grew up in Oklahoma, but I live in Oregon as an adult. I've lived here about seven years. I loved to be outside. I still do love nature. I grew up in Oklahoma City proper, but it felt very suburban, just a little cookie cutter house, all that. And my grandparents live lived they're still alive but they they lived two hours away on a farm that they built when my dad was five and they still lived there 89 and 85 still taking care of all their cattle wow oh my goodness wait all their cattle how many do they have yeah I think there's like 200 heads of cattle or something like that. Wow. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. I always say, I told my grandma, I was like, grandpa is not going to die of some old age thing. He's going to die in a farming accident and that's okay. (laughs) Like at this point he's 89. And if he dies getting kicked by a horse or a cow or something like great, because it's keeping him alive too, you know? Right. Right. Totally. But anyway, yeah. And so we would go while we kind of had this suburban day-to-day life. We, my brother and I have one sibling. My parents would take us out to Muskogee and we would stay with our grandparents for days or like a week or two at a time in the summer. And I have such fond memories. They're just 
roaming the property and like playing like Lion King by the pond (laughs) all these memories and I liked to pretend that I was a pioneer girl or I was or you can tell me if you do this or not it's okay if you don't but (laughs) when you go to say you're in Heidelberg or Paris or Vienna and you go to this old castle do you ever just imagine that you're in that time and oh yes (laughs) okay so and I still do that but I remember being a little kid and um probably in like third grade in my social studies textbook seeing Mesa Verde you know in uh southwest Colorado and it's the do you know what I'm talking about it's those cliff dwellings that the like Anasazi Navajo people I think so Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. okay look it up (laughs) they you know carved their homes into what I don't know if they carved into it but on these like cliffs they built these homes out of like adobe and it looks like apartments and there's like kivas and ladders And I remember seeing that as a little kid and just dreaming of going to Mesa Verde. (laughs) And that was my life dream. And I went a couple times in college. I went on a spring break trip (laughs) to Mesa Verde National Park. And then I went again um, at the end of college for a class I was taking on Southwest Cultures. But I feel like that's a good example of just going to a place and imagining living in that time and place and the limitations or what's open to people that isn't open to us now. And so, yeah, I very much did that as a kid. I liked to pretend that I was a pioneer girl. And I think that part of that was for better or worse driven into us as kids in Oklahoma. There's definitely some problematic things with encouraging, you know, reenactments of the land run, but just imagining the West and the rugged 19th century and, um, I have a distinct memory of like, you know, it snows in Oklahoma, but it's not like it is in the Northern Midwest and like mm-hmm. Minnesota or like Iowa or Michigan or something. It's like, you might get two or three feet. You might get out of school for it, but it's going to melt in two or three days. But I remember like going out and playing in the snow and like walking on my knees and pretending that it was like waist deep and like oh we got to get to the cabin pa might die because you know something like that or taking naps on my trampoline and just I don't know just being in my head (laughs) I feel like I haven't like thought back on this in a while but the like using your imagination in specific times or like specific settings to pretend that like you are part of that setting and you're living in that time is absolutely something I used to do I loved to do that like even with like nothing too far back historical like or or just like even a like movie setting like I went to this like like condo in New Hampshire with my family that reminded me of the camp and the parent trap so I used to pretend that I was at the uh Camp Walden from the parent trap but like (laughs) totally understand where you're coming from with that like feeling of you know like you could just like sink into the environment and it's like having that setting just like allows you to really like engage in that level of imagination 
Yeah. I like that you said sink into the environment because yes, that's what it felt like or feels (laughs) like even still. I live in a house that's about a hundred years old. And so I feel like I do that even on a daily basis. Like, oh, someone lived here in 1969 I wonder what their life was like in Salem Oregon in that year you know (laughs) right oh definitely similarly with your home my apartment is also about 100 years old and I just so wish I knew the history of my brownstone in Brooklyn where you know, so much has happened and I wish there was just like a record, like somewhere in the wall that like we could all write in like a guest book for <laughs> everyone who, who lives here and in the apartments. Uh, that's, that would be I, my dream. That would be so amazing. I feel the same. I'm um, staying at my parents' house for a couple months before mm-hmm. I move across the country and our house was built in 1904 and I just like, I feel the same way. I wish I could like learn more about it. It's first of all, it's peak Samantha era. Right. Um, 1904. Quite the year. I I just, and I love like going on walks in my parents' neighborhood and like trying to like guess the era that the houses were built in. Like, oh, this one was probably built around the same time as mine. Like this one was probably built in the 1920s. This one was definitely built in the 1970s. Like it's fun to sort of like guess, you know? Yes, definitely. Oh my goodness. Well, shall we get into American Girl? Yes. yes, we absolutely <laughs> shall. So um, just jumping right in to your earliest memories, Lauren, how old were you when you were um, introduced into the world of American Girl? And what's your earliest memory? I was six when I got my first doll. Um, so I got a doll a year um, for Christmas. And it was only for Christmas. I don't remember ever getting a doll except for our one trip to American Girl Place in Chicago, which I'm sure I'll get to. (laughs) Every year for Christmas, I'd see that rectangle box under the tree. (laughs) And I think we were introduced by some family friends um, that we're still friends with, but they had there are three daughters in the family and they had a Samantha doll. And so Samantha was my first doll. And my mom actually, I think she really liked, still likes the American girl dolls. And um, she had kind of an unfortunate childhood and didn't get those kinds of things like pretty dresses and dolls and toys. And so I think that it was also just really good for her and fun for her to be able to like buy me those things and my mom uh I did if I were to ask her like which American girl do you identify with the most she would probably say Samantha um which I think I'm more of a Kirsten but um so it makes sense that Samantha was my first yeah (laughs) did you choose Samantha or was that fully your mom I mean it's hard to say but I'm assuming that I didn't know about American girl until I got her for Christmas yeah and so until it was under the tree and then I was hooked. I was like, Oh my God. And I've been giving them. So I gave this summer to my partner's nieces. They had birthdays in May and June. So I gave one of them a bitty baby of mine. And I gave one of them my Felicity doll for their birthdays. And then the older niece for sure is like hooked. It's like automatic. She's like, 
she didn't know what it was. So I gave her Felicity and now she's like, you're telling me there's an American girl place. Can we go there? You know, (laughs) I imagine I was probably like that too, because I poured over the catalogs. So magical. I think it's always very interesting, like hearing about for people who had multiple dolls, you know, like what is their relationship to like the first doll they got versus like the second one. So like, you know, hearing, hearing like that you received Samantha more as like, it was chosen for you. Like same thing for me. Like that was not my choice, but like, it was such a great entry point. And then like the second one you get is usually like, oh, like now you're, you're like experimenting a little bit more with like your interest in it because you've been like hooked on it Mm -hmm. after that first one. So who is your second girl? So Molly for sure was my second girl. And then the order gets a little muddy, but if I were to remember them in order, I'm pretty sure it was Samantha, Molly, Felicity, Kirsten, then Josefina, Addie, Kit. And then there was a lookalike doll in there somewhere, but I don't remember. She may have been last. I don't know. Yeah. Were you choosing which dolls you want along the way or Uh, what was that like? So I, no, I would tell my parents, like, I think I like this girl or this girl, you know, this year. And I like this dress. And I still do that even now. I don't want to know what gift I'm getting I might point a loved one in a direction you know I need I would love bedding from you know Pottery Barn but not exactly what because I think it to me I really like gift giving (laughs) and getting but um (laughs) I feel like it's a way to communicate to someone you know like this is how I see you and I care about you and it's just a creative expression of caring for someone and so I think I enjoyed not knowing but knowing you know there's a little bit of control it better be a rectangle box under the tree or else right (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I need to channel that energy if I know I'm getting a present I fixate on it I cannot let it go from my brain and I've probably been like this all my life but like (laughs) with my husband like my birthday is coming up and I haven't done it this year but like every year in the past for the weeks leading up to my birthday, I'll be like, give me a hint. Tell me what category it's in. Tell me the first (laughs) letter of the gift. Like, I just want to know what the gift is. And I am so fixated on it. I don't know why it's like crazy behavior that probably (laughs) maybe like me as a seven-year-old it was cute then, but me as like <laughs> a thirties something girl, like not so cute. Thankfully, I only do this to my husband. No one else. Every, every gift I appreciate. I just want to know what it is. Well, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of like, I don't know if like, this is just something I've taken on as an adult or if this is a way I've always been, but I kind of like having a general idea of what I'm going to get because I don't like to have to I'm totally fine with being disappointed 
but I don't want to have to like hide that if I am disappointed. Like, <laughs> like I want to make sure that if I'm, I get a general idea of what it's going to be, then I can be like, okay, so this isn't like, you know what you were thinking, but that's okay. Because like, you're mentally prepared and you yeah. like, you're ready to go. <laughs> Whereas like, if it's a surprise and someone's like, look at this surprise. And, and then like in the moment you're having to be like, I'm like managing my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> so hard (laughs) that is really funny now when you were getting these dolls for Christmas every year was it just the doll that you would get or would you get like some accompanying accessories that's a good question it depended on the year so it was pretty much the only gift that I got was the doll because they were so expensive I think in you know 1996 dollars they were like 89 bucks I'm sure we could look at those that uh catalog again but I looked recently because I was showing a coworker. I was like you don't know what American Girl doll is and we went to the website and they're I think about 125 dollars now you can double check but yeah inflation has definitely hit (laughs) I almost said pleasant company but it's not I would often just get the doll I remember which dolls I had accessories for. And I think it's just, you know, probably depended on the budget or I don't know, whatever. But um, I definitely had Samantha's accessories because I still have her felt hat. My niece Mm -hmm. Shiloh is eight. And I was just there in Oklahoma this summer and we went through all the doll clothes and everything because she actively plays with them at my parents' house. She has access Uh. to all of them. What a dream. I, t- I tried to slow release them, but she quickly <laughs> figured out where they're stored. And, and now her four-year-old sister, my younger niece, knows where they are. But in my mind, that's too young because I was six when I got my first. <laughs> and I remember one day my younger niece was over. At, it was this summer. And she's like, let's go get the American Girl dolls. And she started walking in there. And I was like, wait. <laughs> so I said, you have to always ask a grown-up if you want to play with those because I'm still very protective of them. Of course. And really? Oh my goodness. They're pristine and all that. But anyway, I we went, we organized all the clothes because my niece has added to the collection. And um, and so I found Samantha's felt hat or whatever. It's not really felt, it's like velvet. Yeah. Be all the ribbons are gone from it. But so then I for sure had her accessories. I know I did not have Josefina's and those were coveted. Um, Neither did. Well, I never had like the one that like came with her meat outfit that was like, I think it was like, what was extra in there? Oh my God. Yeah. But I did have Kirsten. (laughs) I mean, what is Kirsten without her bonnet? Lauren, do you have an outfit that stands out to you as like the best outfit that any of your dolls had? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Let's see. One, two. Wait, I want you to guess what it is, okay, before I reveal it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to assume it's Kirsten because you love her the most. I'm, I, ooh, I don't know. I was going to guess Kirsten's Christmas outfit. Ooh, okay. I'm going to (laughs) say. No. Okay. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) I feel like maybe we're in the wrong direction. I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to say Felicity is Christmas gown. Yes. Okay. Stop it. My clue clue was that it had 
I was trying to count the pieces. So it has one, two, three, has four pieces. So it's this. Let me turn my video on so I can see what I'm showing you. So it has, you take this off. Okay. And then it has a second one and you can switch them out. Uh, oh, okay. That's definitely like, I'm used to seeing the second one, I think. And then it has the skirt that you put under and this is how close I mean talk about them researching and trying to make them authentic so you know how have you ever watched those videos on YouTube where it's like getting dressed in provincial England in 1735 or whatever Lindsay has sent those to me (laughs) (laughs) the, the skirts would like pull on and then they would like there weren't sizes or anything like that but it they would just be really big and then you like tied them on the side so that's essentially what this does, but it's, it's Velcro because it's for adult, but it has like the side attachment. So you wow. pull it on and it's really big and then it goes on like that. Oh, Isn't that wow. so amazing? And the point, like, okay, yeah, it's just such high quality. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Obsessed. As I like wad it up and put it, like, <laughs> <laughs> to hide it from this animal. Yeah. <laughs> That is really detailed. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. Beautiful. I just, I agree with you, Laura. I don't often see that like first, the first piece that you showed us was the front panel with the pink bows and you could swap that out for, was it lacy on the other one? Was it like a white lace? Yeah. Yeah, Perfect. These for, are like for all our listeners. Yes. So she, <laughs> it is the piece that attaches in front that you could switch out and it has little crystals on it too. That's so yeah. beautiful. Love that detail, honestly. Right. Oh, that's yeah. so special. I oh. love a, okay. <laughs> I love a silk taffeta. Well, yes. I, moment. I love silk taffeta. Um, I remember when I was in college, I really wanted silk taffeta curtains. And I got these light blue panels. They were silk taffeta. <laughs> I used them in every place I lived until this house. So for a good 10 years, wow. I had my silk taffeta curtains. But the only two Christmas dresses I had were Felicity and Addie. And both of them, do you know Addie's Christmas oh, dress? Oh, Addie's Christmas dress. It. Iconic. Oh. That black sash and the, the plaid. Oh, yes. And it's the- A dream. Yeah, the fabric. And then in contrast to that, you have, it's just different because those are really glamorous. And then you have like Kirsten's day dress or Addie's day dress are really just plain and practical and like, soft you know what I mean mm-hmm. like there's yep. not this sheen to them and I also romanticize that in my head but in just a different way <laughs> right uh. no totally totally those Christmas outfits in the catalog were so like incredible at storytelling like and they didn't mm-hmm. even do that big of like a vignette around Christmas yeah. if I'm remembering correctly right but like still I feel like I think I had Samantha's Christmas outfit and that was it I really wanted Josefina's though with like the Montia. that was like my dream item I feel like I need to look this up I can't picture Josefina's outfit in my head right now when you see it, you're going to... Okay, I'm going to look this up right now. 
it's like next level truly stunning this is interesting which I'm sure you already know this but the I remember this now the outfit from the 90s was like kind of brown brown yeah it was like yellow yellow and black striped almost or like pattern and the black veil and then now it's blue with a white veil ah okay so this is like an issue I have with American girls like, <laughs> new they're like rebrands of some of the clothing is that like yes. we had clothing in our like PK day of liking American girl that was both fun for young girls to like covet and then also historically accurate yeah and I feel like what they've done with like the clothes more recently and like Samantha's like initial outfit is different or like the Josefina Christmas outfit is different um I think Felicity's outfit is different is that they've made them look like almost like too costumey and not very authentic yeah right like you're in a high school production of Oklahoma or something and in contrast to the Broadway production right (laughs) like oh and truly I think like what they've tried what they're doing like too far overboard is like trying to make the outfits like appealing like Felicity is like me outfit originally like sure it's not like the most glamorous outfit but like it's important to her time period and very historically accurate and now her meat outfit is like a turquoise blue dress with like a yellow front panel and that just seems like so like costumey yeah right that that look in particular is offensive like I every time (laughs) I see it I I recoil (laughs) well just as much as the you know architecture can help us sink into another time and place I think the textiles and the style and what people wore gives us a clue into their daily lives but also their creativity and what inspired them and the like down to the type of fabric like I was saying there is this different feeling in the silk taffeta that tells you a story just as much as the plain linen tells you a story about Kirsten Mm -hmm. right okay have you seen the show pen 15 yes love it okay so I was watching an interview of Maya Erskine Mm -hmm. and Anna and I don't remember her last name but they were talking about the costuming for that show and how it was really important to them for the props and the costumes to get actual vintage items, not Mm -hmm. recreations of clothes from 2002, because there's something about the fabrics themselves that like brings you viscerally into that time. And it's so true. Like it's it. Yeah. And I feel that about the recreations of the American girl outfits too. Yeah, and the colors, that's... colors even, right? Like if they're right. too saturated or, well, that color didn't exist back then or whatever. Right? No, that's oh my so goodness. spot on. That's a spot on uh, yeah. comparison, I feel like. It, right? It, that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Oh, truly. And Lauren, I just zoned out so hard thinking back to like <laughs> the early 2000s. I was like, bring me yes. back into limited to immediately. Oh, limited to, okay. My Girl Scout troop took a field trip to limited to like when it was truly what? limited to. Yeah. Wait, on, on what grounds? What? 
I don't know. What a purpose. <laughs> the capitalism badge. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yeah. I just have this memory of the blue carpet, quail skin <sighs> small. And there were names of cities. You have to tell me if it was like this in your local limited too when you're a kid, but there's blue carpet, white walls, and then there were names of cities on the walls, like Milan, Paris. That's all I remember. But they were like, these fashions in these corners of the store are inspired by these cities. <laughs> do you remember Whoa, that? No. And we got to try stuff on and do not a fashion like that. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh my God. That's so fun. That's awesome. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. Wait, I, feel, I feel is... like, I don't think my limited two was bringing this level. I don't think my Girl Scout troop was bringing this level. This is like true Beverly Hills quality and I'm yeah. loving it. A trip to limited two. I would have stayed a, a Girl Scout much longer. If that yeah. was the case. We also did the boot scoot and boogie in the talent show. So are you still jealous? Oh, uh, yes, I yes, am. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Oh, my God. Did you all have to square dance like as a gym class growing up? <laughs> Not no. that I remember. No. No. Oh, but, goodness. But we like, did, I'm and sure, I loved it. I'm in sure. Connecticut. We, I'm sure we had to do other types of dances because I always laugh. I don't know if you guys have seen that like tweet that's like, it's like kind of been become a meme, but it's like uh, millennials are like, I don't know how to do my taxes. And that's because like in gym class, they were just like, shut the fuck up and square dance, <laughs> like instead of teaching us anything valuable. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Seriously, I honestly loved square dance days. Like yeah. why you were doing that in suburban Connecticut is beyond me, but I lived for those days. Well, I'll tell you, Lindsay, it'll take you to another time and place if you have imagination. And it's not just your brain that's involved in your learning. It's your whole body. Take it from me. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. I always try to get my kids on the purpose in our games. So you're a teacher. What grades are you teaching? So I teach eighth grade U.S. history. Oh my goodness. Wow. All right. We got to talk about this connection, Lauren. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. I owe it all to pleasant company. (laughs) And I, you know, I think I'm, I'm sensing a commonality here because um, we had my childhood best friend on the podcast Mm -hmm. and she is also a history teacher for, but she's a history teacher in Scotland she teaches kids around the same age and she was uh-huh. heavily uh influenced by AG in her love of history yes yeah I feel like it's so hard not to be like because they just make the stories like so compelling and then it also helps that the dolls have cute outfits <laughs> right yeah <laughs> absolutely well and I think that I mean it is really valuable because I wasn't a big reader as a child i lived way more in my head and my imagination and so I didn't like a lot of guests would read the books and feel a connection to the narrative and the storyline whereas for me it was more through this tangible thing like their style and their art and their culture and kind of just getting lost in my imagination and it wasn't until college and after college that I became a big reader and yeah um, And so, oh, okay. So I do need to tell you that we have a used bookstore in town 
that has a whole American Girl section. And oh. you can buy these used American Girl doll books. And so when I, when I gift them to the nieces, I will go back and, cause I don't still have all the books. And so I'll go back and buy them. But a couple notable mentions are American Girls Club handbook. Love it. And I don't actually remember. So Lindsay has it. We are both holding up our copies from across the country. We are in the same club, Lauren. This podcast is like a 21st century manifestation of American Girls Club. The first few pages of the handbook are all about starting your own club and what that entails. And it's really, (laughs) it's really a special book. And we should form this IRL virtually. I don't know if it's legal, but you should post like a couple of pages on your Instagram. Okay. So things like this. We, so we do often. Is okay, it legal? Good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> copyright Pleasant Company doesn't exist anymore. Um, right. Plus it literally says Pleasant Company Publication. No, I love that. Okay. This is what I loved as a kid was you have these profiles of each of the dolls. So you open to this page and in the American Girls Club handbook, there's profiles of each of the girls. This is before Kit. So there's six, the six original girls. And it says 1774, Felicity Merriman. And then it has this like map of their, this hand-drawn map of their estate where they lived. And then like pictures you know, of what they did instead of refrigeration and crafts that they would have made and reenactments and things like that. And I would get lost in things like that. And then I also found Kirsten's World. Can you see this? Kirsten's uh, World. Oh yes. my gosh. 1854. I actually got this for my classroom. So I was like, oh, it's fun to look at. But it tells you, did you ever have any of these? Like, no, no, but. I did. I, so one of our past guests was my college roommate and her sister Mm -hmm. and they loved the Josefina's world book. And so I bought it for her on Uh eBay for a birthday gift. And I did some, (gasps) I did some browsing through it before I gave it to her. Okay. Like these books are chock full of amazing info. That's what I loved as a kid. It wasn't the full on like historical narrative but it was the what life was like yeah (laughs) Yeah, you were you were liking like the practical applications of their stories right my niece loves them she's eight now and she can read them on her own but when she was five and I gave her her first doll I would give her the books and I would just read aloud um to her and she could stay up all night she'd be like one more chapter one more chapter. <laughs> oh, I love Molly. That. We started with Molly. That was her first girl. Aww. Yeah, I don't have any of my dolls here in Oregon right now. In fact, I've thought about bringing Kirsten back or sending her off for new limbs because her hair is perfect, but her limbs are like you pick her up by the torso and they're like wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> but her I hair use- is intact and you should be proud yes. of that. Absolutely. Speaking of bringing the dolls to school, because I know you asked a lot of people, did you put other outfits from other dolls on them? Yes. So I totally did. (laughs) I would imagine like, okay, because part of that historical imagination is 
well, what would I look like if I lived in the, you know, that place in that time? And, um, and so I'd be like, oh, well, what would Josefina look like if she, you know, lived in 1954 in Ohio or wherever yeah. or something like that. And um, I remember in sixth grade, we had this project on ancient Egypt. I don't know what era, but I focused on textiles and what they wore. And I loved to sew as a kid. So I'd like sew my own American Girl doll clothes and things like that. I like researched clothing from ancient Egypt. I brought Josefina to school and I put, I made this outfit for her and pretended she was Egyptian and um, she was my project display. <laughs> Wait, so you were like basically like making clothes for your dolls at like 11 years old? Yeah, they're not good, but yeah, I did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, we still have some of them and um, they sell, pat- they sold patterns. Did you right. ever get those? Yeah. Didn't get them, but saw them. Yeah. So they're still there in my niece's wow. box. Of- <laughs> oh my boxes. goodness. Do you remember what else you had made? I'm a hundred percent sure. I don't remember the process, but there's no way I could have finished this piece, but so I'm sure my mom finished it. It was me <laughs> my mom finishing it, but it was like, I think it was just the top to a dress. So I don't know what you would call it, like like a backwards jacket or an unfinished shirt because there's no button in the back. But it's red velvet with like this cream colored piping and it's like puffy sleeves, like a crop top almost that you put over a dress. Uh-huh. Um, so we have that. I don't remember whose book it was from. I'm assuming Samantha. Um, and then I, I would, and I still do just like go rogue and try to make up stuff. And so I, there's a skirt that's like just some spare fabric and it's like, I was trying to mimic Kit's skirt, like her kind of straight, it's a little bit, it is not pleated, but like her skirt, but it's just like a tan and navy blue and burgundy, like just. Oh, wow. Which that's easy to sew because it's just like a tube and a button, you know. I love that. Yeah. That's impressive. Lauren, you mentioned that Kirsten's hair was perfectly intact. What are your other dolls looking like these days? Were you gentle with all of them or did it gradually get worse (laughs) or better? (laughs) So my mom is a hairdresser and she was very particular about our toys. I think partly because like I said, she didn't really have those things as a kid. And so she really saw how special and important it is to take care of what you have. And so yeah, I had a few worlds going in my room as a kid. So I had my Barbies and then I had these plastic play school figurines with, and they had like a house those were two separate storylines. Those storylines don't mix. <laughs> and then I had my American Girl dolls. And so, um, but, you know, you we, she would say, don't put your Barbies away naked or their hair undone. Like, make sure that just like you would brush your hair and put your pajamas on before going to bed, you've got to oh. take care of your dolls. And so she went to, it was a store called Beauty Co. that was a lot like Sally's Beauty Supply and Mm -hmm. bought a wig brush there and she drilled it into me do not brush their hair with anything else and showed me I remember her sitting there with my doll like between her knees and like showing me 
you know, start at the ends, work your way up and showing me, I think I learned how to take care of my hair on American Girl doll hair and like how to braid and stuff. Yeah. Um, because I would totally like, I've redone Kirsten and Molly's hair a lot. You can't really do that much with kits, but I would say, yeah, like Addie, Kirsten and Molly were really fun because there's still those indentations in their hair. So you could like rebraid it. Samantha's hair is not, she's probably in the worst shape, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's getting a little bit coarse, like she could use a new head. Yeah. Um, yeah, the rest of them look really good. And when I gave Felicity to my boyfriend's niece for her birthday, there was, a, you know, another adult at the party who was like, she had had a Felicity doll and gave it to her daughter. And she said, Oh, my gosh, like, how is her hair still so nice? And I was like, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's incredible. And I tell my nieces, like, you don't use any other brush I pass it on new heads and then there'll be an entirely new doll over time which I think about (laughs) you have these existential thoughts about my American girl dolls like no but it's it's so true I think I because like I destroyed my Josefina doll's hair because you know I think I was so drawn to her hair I wanted Uh to take it out and practice braiding and I think I could also say that I learned how to braid using American Girl doll hair but like my mom wanted to send her away for a new head and for some reason that idea was just like impossible to me I was like that won't be the same doll like her personality will be different like it's her whole soul yeah her soul like (laughs) yes oh my gosh her soul yeah okay which girl do you think has the best hair oh so oh my god this is so hard I think that if I'm thinking of like all the dolls that I had and the only ones I didn't have were like Molly, Kit, Kirsten, Addie. Oh, and Felicity. Okay. I think Kaya of the ones that I owned had the best hair and maybe Josefina had the second best. So long. Long. Yeah. I liked the long vibe. I agree. Maybe Josefina. Like it felt like she had a blowout. So did Felicity. I mean, they all did, but yeah. I'm not, I, I don't like bangs. I don't understand. It's like this concept <laughs> that I just don't understand. And I don't like bangs. And so I really appreciated Felicity, Kit, and Josefina for now. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. But like, I'll tell you who has the worst hair and it is my personal Felicity. She oh. is very, very rough shape. She is sitting in my hallway right now. Uh, AKA the waiting room of the salon. And yes. I was going to ask you stylist. Yeah. I haven't rewigged her yet. I <laughs> wish that like five-year-old me, or I guess I should say like 12-year-old me when I like gave my American Girl dolls away, which was a huge mistake. But um, I wish that I had known that like rewigging would be an option because mm-hmm. I would have done that. That feels so much less like, harsh than the head replacing right yeah totally but even even the hair replacement Laura I understand like the concept of like not even wanting to switch out her hair let alone her whole head at this point 
I yeah. know. If only you could just Hard. give her extensions or something. <laughs> yeah, right. If there was some <laughs> some magical way to replace her hair without <laughs> the emotional attachment with it. <laughs> okay, so there's true. an American Girl urban legend about their heads. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, no. please share. Okay. I remember my friend as a kid, Macy. We would play with our Kirsten dolls together, and she's like, "Did you know?" if you cut those strings their head will fall off and roll away did you oh yes (laughs) actually it probably will (laughs) I did I did hear that so you're talking about like the strings that are almost like they're almost like between like their neck and their body Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I think that I did hear that I but I think that there's also maybe a zip tie involved Oh, okay. Interesting. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I might be thinking of something else, but like I've seen people sort of like adjusting the doll, like either like adjusting the body, like maybe like giving it a little bit more structure from over time. And they're like messing around with those strings, which I feel like is such a precarious system for keeping the doll's head attached to the body. Yeah, um, honestly, I mean, my, my Felicity could definitely use uh, an adjustment because <laughs> she's a little, little wobbly bobbly over there for sure. Oh, like her limbs or yeah. <laughs> yeah. my Kirsten's like that. A slight flail. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, you know how like, and this was like horrible, but like, you know how if you pulled their arms out like far enough, you could see that they were like connected by like yes. a string. I never did that. I would wait a string to do that. Not like a string, but it was like a, a like little piece of rope, like connected <laughs> the arms and legs to like the middle part of the body, like on the inside. And <laughs> <laughs> she's going to do it. And I feel like when they get wobbly like that, it's just because they need like almost to be like tightened or something. Oh, look at her right. top knot. She's yeah, trendy. She's, she's cute. <laughs> she's cute. Okay. I'm going to, I just pulled out my Felicity and we're going to take a look at this. All right. So here, here's her next strings. And I don't remember the fact that Felicity had strings down to her butt, like those are really long. Yeah. This, this probably at one point was tucked in, right? Like this was not a part of my memory oh. of Felicity, but I don't know. Her head does feel a little loose. Hold on. I really want to test out the arms. <laughs> what thing. if her head falls off <laughs> on the podcast and just oh starts rolling God. away? I'd feel awful. You have to make a visit okay. to the American Girl Place tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good thing I live near the hospital. Um, <laughs> In New York City. <laughs> I, I can't see the string, but I could feel it. <gasps> There's, oh, wait, wait, this wait. Makes me yes. Nervous. Yep. Okay. So you can <gasps> look in. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm Felicity's dress is fully off and it was a little jarring. Um, <laughs> she's a little nakey. Okay. So if I pull her arm, you could see in into her arm socket. And I don't know if you could see this on the zoom, but there oh, we go. Okay. Yeah. There's a little string there. The right. <laughs> That's something we don't need to see. The well, inner it's working. Like they're so as a kid, they're just so yeah. sacred. Like this is a special, this isn't your $5 Barbie doll. This is an American. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. And <gasps> with Felicity, 
and her head, she has um, her stuffing is coming out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's a little a little cotton ball underneath. Uh, that could be because the strings are like longer because they're looser, maybe. Right? Yeah, I stretched out over these, time. These yeah. strings must have been somewhere though. Uh actually her hair was so long. It's not usually in a top knot, so maybe I didn't notice it could as be. much. Maybe it was like yeah, tied or under in, her dress. In yeah. a bow. Yeah. But I really don't remember long strings like that coming from Felicity. So Lauren, in your journey through your fascination with American Girl, what role did the catalog play? Um, What were the things that you liked about looking in the catalog? And was there anything that you like super coveted from the catalog? I remember vividly when it would come in the mail, you know, it's like folded up in the mailbox and just I don't know how to describe that feeling, but taking the catalog inside, it was this event, you know, and I get to see, is there something new? Is there a new girl? And this is the, this is the old times. And so that's how you find out. You don't go online and browse and um, so much possibility. It was, yeah, possibility and anticipation and Mm -hmm. anticipation is so much fun. Yeah. Oh, definitely. (laughs) It's like a wrap. I mean, that's why we wrap presents. And, um, and so it, yeah, it was like a present unto itself. I really liked the Christmas editions and it's been a few weeks, but you guys sent me a, like a link to a Flickr or Tumblr or something where someone had uploaded old, uh, catalogs and oh the wintertime specials were bringing me back Uh, and the like winter outfits for the lookalike dolls and um I think I don't know if there is there a difference between lookalike doll and girl of today or is it the same thing I don't I think that they just like have been called different things throughout time um and then there's like girl of the year which is like a specific new girl that's like sort of like a modern but like she has a story I think my mm -hmm. niece has one of those yeah Yeah. but yeah the Christmas outfits the Christmas catalog always oh man it's so hard to choose though because then the summertime I remember Felicity's summer scene was just I don't know it was it kind of reminded I think you guys said this on a previous podcast but the Oh, Maria Yes. Trianon vibes. So I loved that. And then um, Kirsten's Christmas outfit, which I thought was so cool, bringing in her Swedish culture. But yeah, I don't know. I, I always wanted their furniture and things like that, and I never got it. Uh, we got a bed from a craft fair, which those are some of the best places to get American Girl clothes. When I first reached out to you, I think I sent a photo of um, this whole haul that I got at a craft fair this summer. Um, My friend and I went to this like small town 4th of July festival because they advertised via flyers, a talent show. And we were like, heck yes, we're going to that. (laughs) And we didn't even know there would be booths of like art and stuff. And this cute little lady was selling 18 inch doll outfits for two dollars a piece and so I got 10 outfits gave them to the nieces I was so enamored with that and she used good fabrics you know she used 
cool colors like none of this neon pink purple (laughs) shit you know right um but yeah, sorry, uh, I, don't, I don't really have a specific answer about the catalog. I loved it all. I loved the winter scenes, the changing of the seasons. <laughs> the catalog was like its own story. Like, it, yes. And I like want to go back to something you said about like looking in the catalog and anticipating like, oh, what's going to be like new? Because like they always had something mm-hmm. new and you're like, oh, what right? like, new stuff do they have? Especially if it was like an entire new girl like mm-hmm. every new girl that yeah. they launched, I wanted to have at some oh, point. Oh yeah, the talk of Will Rogers Elementary School when Josefina <laughs> came out. Like ah. these dolls were a fixture in my elementary school. We would go to the library and look at the book. Like they had all the books in our school library, and we just talked. I just remember that was what we talked about with all the little girls, and it was a yeah. big, uh, big deal when Josefina came out, and none of us knew how to pronounce her name and I remember us asking the Spanish teacher because we were all calling her Josefina (laughs) he was like no it's Josefina (laughs) that is so cute love that love that and Kit that was fresh and new and uh and then Kai I said I wanted Kai and I didn't get her because she came out when I was a bit older and so I just never yeah at what age did you stop playing with AG or do you get your last doll how old were you when you were phasing out I think I was 13 and it was kind of hard because I I love a tradition and so if we go to lunch on a Friday for pizza and then we just like happen to go to the same pizza place the next Friday in my head that's what we do on Fridays for lunch (laughs) I remember those last couple years I wasn't really playing with them, but I wanted them because that's, that's Christmas. Like American right. girl is Christmas to me. How are you playing with your dolls together? Like, and what was it like when you got a new doll? Like, did you do a big introduction with the other ones? Oh gosh. I sadly don't have very many vivid memories of how I played with them. I remember <laughs> talking about on this podcast. Them. I remember talking about them. And I think the cool thing about American Girl for me, they were very different than than the Barbie and the play school figurines. They were on this pedestal, literally and figuratively, but they were like, they were this, I don't don't know if sacred is the right word, but they were treated with a reverence and knowing that like, you know, my parents didn't have a ton of money and that was my one gift for Christmas. And I knew that, and that's what I asked for. And that they, I knew that, that they like worked for that and they taught me how to take care of them. And so I wouldn't ever take them outside or to my friend's house or anything like that. And I don't know, maybe occasionally I would take them to this girl in Macy's house, but I wouldn't. And then I took Josefina to school, but it was this big deal and you take good care of them. And so I don't know if I, and they were from different eras. And so I don't know if I really had a storyline going like I did with the Barbies. What lasting impression did American Girl leave on you? I think the role that they played was that they were this open door into the past for me. And just because the dolls and the textiles and the settings spoke to me and it was this way kids are very concrete thinkers and when your brain is six years old you you almost need something to touch and to hold to access 
these big either abstract ideas or just faraway concepts such as the 18th century (laughs) right I think that's the role that they served for me and it it, it stuck because here I am history teacher and I love it so definitely I think your I think your answer was really beautiful and like you know we've talked so to so many people about how great it is that like American Girl really met girls on the level that you're at as like a young kid but also like didn't talk down to them like the topics mm-hmm. that they covered were like mm-hmm. very or like not even the topics they covered necessarily but just like taking that historical time period into consideration like was very I think digestible in the way that they you know presented it like yeah. and allo- allowed you to engage with time periods and pretending you know to be in those time periods as a kid who maybe wouldn't immediately like have learned about that otherwise. Yeah. And it was developmentally appropriate to how they presented the time period. You're, I think they kind of stayed in the lane of daily life and they Mm -hmm. weren't really trying to teach you big concepts such as like religion or genocide or terrible things. You know, they were just saying, this is what this is a fairly diverse picture of girls your age in the United States over time and um, they were making history accessible which this just kind of comes to my mind I think I mean think back when Pleasant Company was created and was it like the very early 90s was it the 80s I don't remember 80s I think mid 80s So Pleasant Company was created in the mid 80s. And think of the ways that history scholarship was accessible to little girls or represented little girls or Mm -hmm. let alone, you know, people of color. And so I think it was, yeah, just like a really fun and light way to open that door and like give us the confidence and the and like a place at the table, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. It really validated, you know, young women at the time and young girls for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think also, you know, just, yeah, like now you can like look anything up, but at the time, like when yes. these were still becoming popular, like you would really have to like dig to be able yeah. to find out this. Yes. And I, I kind of right. like how like they just sort of made it like being regular is fine. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like you don't have to be like, uh, you, like I think a lot of narratives, like when you're a young girl are centered around like extraordinary circumstances, like being royalty or something Anastasia. like that. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Anastasia. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's like, no, it's okay that you're just like regular and like, here's some stories yeah. about regular girls. It's like, it's fine to romanticize your life, you know? Yes. yes. Oh my goodness. The there. All right, Thank Lauren, you. we are going to do a couple games here with you. Okay. And for the first game that we have for you is... Which two American girls would be your dream dinner guests? Okay, I don't want to jump the gun and say my favorites. I mean, you could think about who you would want to see interacting with each other, who you would want to ask questions to. Okay. I think Felicity, because I get the vibe that she's pretty feisty. 
and have some opinions. Yeah. And it would be cool to hear her perspective on the revolution. Like if I could transport her in time and just because when you're a little girl, you're a fly on the wall in a lot of ways. And so I think that'd be cool to, you know, maybe things that were said in her presence that, you know, these old guys didn't think she could hear it and she did. And so she could yeah. let you in on some serious tea. And then Kaya, because I feel like I didn't have a lot of interactions with her and that like her life was so different than mine. And those are stories that weren't told a lot as a kid. And so, yeah, I'd like to hear her experience and yeah and what an interesting pair together with Kaya yeah. and Felicity yeah oh pff, daughter of colonizers there. and the indigenous girl yes oh my god no I love it hold, let's hold her accountable yeah <laughs> no I think that that would be a, a super interesting pairing for all the reasons that you said um and definitely to hear like Kaya's perspective for sure mm-hmm. Okay, well, not to like pivot hard in the other direction, <laughs> but my game is a little more light. Um, and it's not really so much as a game as it is just an opportunity for you to give your opinion on who you think a celebrity would have as an American Girl doll. <laughs> okay. And less on me knowing this celebrity. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Well, see. well you, you named Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen oh, as yeah. some favorite celebrities. So, which dolls do you think they would have? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm going to go to like, you know, 90s Mary Kate and Ashley. The best era. Yeah. <laughs> I think Mary Kate would have Felicity and mm-hmm. Ashley would have Samantha. totally okay yeah that's a great answer yeah uh we've had Mary Kate and Ashley mentioned on this podcast before and I don't remember which dolls that guest said that they would have but I wholeheartedly agree with you on the Felicity Samantha because like if I'm thinking of like a classic 90s Mary Kate and Ashley movie like switching goals or something uh-huh. and like Mary Kate is like the one that's like good at soccer and Ashley is the one that yeah. like, doesn't yeah. want to I feel like yes. Felic- Felicity fits the Mary Kate stereotype and Ashley fits the Samantha yes right I know they had yeah. such a duality between them, but not really. It was like Mary Kate loved sports and horseback riding and Ashley loved shopping and dancing and the more artistic ventures. And how much of that was the brand and how much of it was real? <laughs> right. right. Seriously. And Mary love- Kate always had hair that was slightly shorter. She did. I love that Mary Kate still rides horses competitively. Like really? I get such a joy. Yeah. Oh, no she's like way. an international champion. It's I had crazy. No idea. I just, all I know about them as adults is that their little sister is Elizabeth Olsen that they smoke cigarettes and date older men. That's all I know about them. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's pretty on point (laughs) for what there is to know, but (laughs) I had no idea about the horseback riding. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, this has been so wonderful, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your AG story. This was such a joy to connect with you. And I am so excited for our listeners to hear this conversation. Thank you for having me. It's like I got to go to the American Girls Club that I never went to as a child.
Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.